Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today I'm talking about a book called The Storytelling Animal by Jonathan Gutschel. I think I just totally butchered that. Anyway, this book is deemed as one of the books to read if you want to be a storyteller, and especially if you want to be a brand storyteller. It's Once again, it's called The Storytelling Animal. So if you're interested in learning more about this book, keep listening. So I love books, and I always have. I love the paper, the feel, the smell. I love the education, the thoughts, and the words. I just love the stories. In 2012, I started listening to books while I did the housework to keep my mind from wandering to other things I needed to do that are more interesting than laundry, windows, and floors. I now have almost 500 books in my Audible library, many of which I have listened to multiple times. Now, every night I ask Alexa to play an Audible book for 30 minutes to keep my brain focused on the story instead of the wild ride it usually likes to take when I'm trying to fall asleep. Now, every night I wake up more than once and Alexa is always ready to play a book from my Audible library so I can fall back to sleep. Good thing I live and sleep alone. Can, can you imagine if you... <laughs> I don't know how I would fall asleep if I had somebody else in the room with me, let alone someone else in the bed. But that's the thing. Um, maybe I'll find a guy who likes to read me stories at night. I don't know. <laughs> but the single life, I get to listen to Audible, thanks to Alexa. So when people ask me what music I listen to, a blank look comes over my face as I have no answer. You see, I listen to books, both fiction and nonfiction, mostly fantasy novels with lots of sword fighting and blood. Not sure what that says about me, but Jonathan Gottschill might just have the answer to why I choose stories of struggle and fighting on a journey where the good guys don't always win instead of choosing a good romance where everyone ends up with the love of their life in the end. Nah, give me Game of Thrones over Fifty Shades. I don't care if Bella chooses the vampire or the werewolf. So back to the book I'm listening to, The Storytelling Animal by Jonathan Gottschall. I really think I'm butchering that last name, so I really apologize to him. And he starts off the book by telling stories about observing children on the playground and how they utilize story in order to figure out what was going on in the world around them because stories tell us the values of people throughout history. I was a bit concerned about what the preschool children of this book that he was observing in this book had been exposed to considering the dark stories they were playing out in the school yard. Well, then Jonathan reminds me about the stories parents used to tell their children back when fairy tales and nursery rhymes were first told. Protecting children's innocence from the horrors of the world they live in is how contemporary parents raise children, not how children were raised even just 60 years ago. So this book has barely started and my mind is already filling with ideas, thoughts, and insights about what stories say about our society and culture. The book is a New York Times editor's choice and a, La and a Los Angeles Times book prizes finalist. 
Now, what Amazon and Audible says, so what is this book about? Well, the book is, on the back cover says, humans live in landscapes of make-believe. We spin fantasies. We devour novels, films, and plays. Even sporting events and criminal trials unfold as narratives. Yet the world of story has long remained an undiscovered and unmapped country. Now, Jonathan Gottschall offers the first unified theory of storytelling. He argues that stories help us navigate life's complex social problems, just as flight simulators prepare pilots for difficult situations. Storytelling has evolved, like other behaviors, to ensure our survival. Drawing on the latest research of neuroscience, psychology, and evolutionary biology, Gottschall tells us what it means to be a storytelling animal and explains how stories can change the world for the better. We know we are master shapers of story. The storytelling animal finally reveals how stories shape us. This is, a, so when I looked at the reviews, Edward O. Wilson said, this is a quite wonderful book. It grips the reader, both stories and stories about telling of stories, then pulls it all together to explain why storytelling is a fundamental human instinct. The New York Times said it's a jaunty, insightful new book that draws from disparate corners of history and science to celebrate our compulsion to storify everything around us. Well, who is Jonathan? Anyway, from his website, it says Jonathan Gottschall is a distinguished fellow in the English department at Washington and Jefferson College. His writing at the intersection of science and art has been covered in depth by the New York Times, the New York Times Magazine, Scientific American, The New Yorker, The Atlantic, Oprah Magazine, The Chronicle of Higher Education, Science, Nature, and on shows like Radiolab, Morning Edition, National Geographic, Star Talk, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, and The Joe Rogan Experience. Okay, so he has been on The Joe Rogan Experience and talked about in the New Yorker and New York Times and Scientific America. Like, completely different types of readership and audiences. And he has talked to all of them on all of these, and all of these different platforms have promoted his, this book as the storytelling book. Now, I have Jonathan's uh, podcast number uh, with Joe Rogan, number 649. And the thing is two hours, 55 minutes, and 56 seconds long. So he, they did talk for quite a while. Now, I'm, so I am experiencing this book uh, audibly. And I'm expecting it to be academic and intelligent due to his professional and and yet entertaining due to his appearance on the Joe Rogan experience. For his other book about why men fight, that is probably a very interesting read and probably the reason why he's been on the Joe Rogan experience. 
there is lots about Jonathan on the internet. Pages upon pages of information. I wanted to know what bloggers, book reviewers, and journalists had to say about him and his book. The Storytelling Animal. How Stories Make Us Human. Turns out they had a lot to say. And here are, are a few things I found that I thought gave some good insight into what I'd learned if I used an Audible credit to buy this book and add it to my library. So Mario Herrera, okay, forget it. I will totally butcher that last name. I really am sorry. Anyway, Mario is saying Jonathan Gutchell's the Storytelling Animal, How Stories Make Us Human is a highly readable examination of the role of story in the human experience, revealing the nature and pure ambiguity of storytelling across all aspects of life. The author delves into recent research on brain and human behavior to show how storytelling has played a prominent role in our evolution. He writes with a sunny, inquisitive touch, yet a prominent theme is that stories are frequently dark, horrid affairs, which dominate our dreams and commune with all manner of unsavory truths. He suggests that the naked terrors of children's stories, full of abandonment, violence, and cruelty, serve as a virtual place field, or sorry, virtual practice field for young humans to adapt to the brutal nature of reality. He then offers evidence to suggest that once grown up, we humans use story to codify morality, define what is and isn't acceptable tribal behavior, and to justify transgressions and sins, both personal and national in scope. Hmm. Anyway, Mario goes on, and I encourage you to drop by marketappeal.com find the blog post about Mr. Uh, Jonathan Gottschall's book review and click on these uh, links to find more about what these people are saying about this book. Alex and Books is another site I went to to find out what he, he was saying and he said by why Oh, sorry, he starts out, but why did humans develop the ability to tell stories instead of continuing to focus all their energy on tasks that would lead to more food? Wouldn't it make more sense that early humans would spend as much time as possible gathering food, building shelter, and reproducing instead of spending time telling stories? So far, no scientist has found the ability of storytelling in any other animal species aside from humans. So why do humans tell stories? This is the question Jonathan Gustrell answers in his book, The Animal, The Storytelling Animal. So, hmm, so if I want to know why we even started telling stories and why they were so important right from the get-go, and they weren't just meant to be entertaining things that we do utilize during our, you know, downtime and boring lives that we don't do anything like we do today. But even when our lives were filled with tasks, we had, we told stories. So Mark R. Kelly says, this 
is of particular interest to me because I've been sketching hierarchies of various themes about the understanding of reality, including one of science fiction. And science fiction is, of course, a bunch of stories, narratives. If it's a mistake to simplify everything about reality into narratives, how is science fiction useful for this understanding? Well, that's a paradox to explore, but one way will be to consider the range of different types of science fiction stories and why some are so much more popular than others and why some challenge that as presu presumption are also popular or notorious because of anyone. Science fiction readers are alert to challenges to common sense. Which is really kind of interesting if you think about it. Because if science fiction readers and fans are alert to cha um, challenge common sense in science fiction, I mean, science fiction is all make-believe. and Well, all fiction is make-believe, but science fiction is even more make-believe in fantasy like fantasy because they are creating worlds that not, do not exist. And science fiction, you would think that with, you know, space and uh, the rules could be whatever you want them to be, but the science fiction readers are very cognizant when something of details and when something doesn't make sense to their, to them and their logical way of thinking, they call it out. Anyway, back to what Mark Eric Kelly was saying. Summary of the book with a few comments. Well, chapter one, the witchery of story. Children are creatures of story. They are always in Neverland. But story pervades adult concerns too, from pop music, dreams, daydreams, pro wrestling, opera, TV commercials. Trials are often matters of which side tells the better story. Gossip, religious traditions, if there were two tribes, one particular, one storytelling, imagine how they spend their time and which would win. So that's the first chapter of the book in summary by Mark R. Kelly. Audible reviewers of the storytelling animal had a bunch to say too. So when it comes to the audible version of the book, the narrator's performance is more important than the book itself. I think Tim Gerald Reynolds and Simon Vance could make the book of Leviticus and the Bible interesting. That is how important Audible readers are. There are lots of very talented Audible readers, and when it comes to picking fiction books to listen to, I will search out the voice before I search it for an author. I want to know that I'll enjoy spending time listening to the person for hours on end and not having my nerves stand on edge as if nails are scraping on old-fashioned chalkboard. A sound that millennials and Gen Z will never know, thankfully. Have we even named Gen Z yet? I hope they get a name. That's why I need to listen to books, because my brain will go off on tangents at the drop of a hat. Now, when I think about voice. You know, it's very important that you, as a listener, like my voice. Because if you didn't like my voice, you wouldn't be listening. And as much as I would love to do something about it, <laughs> it is what it is. Maybe I need to go and find some voice coach lessons. Well, 
that, put that on the list for one of the many things I'll do once I have money to do it. But so far, okay, back to this article. So far, the reader of the storytelling animal, Chris Koscheski, is not butchering the book, unlike me, who's butchering his name. He tries a bit hard with the voice changes for the odd character that speaks in the book, but it doesn't take away from the story. He is, he's getting there. He just needs more practice at getting the right voice and switching from one voice to another smoothly. So here are some audible reviews that help me decide if I'd use a credit to buy the storytelling animal. Now, to read the original published review, click on the blue words, which means you, listener, if you want to find the, the original content, you need to drop by marketappeal.com, go over to the blog, and you're right, find the article. So, Matthew, I honestly got this book thinking that I would learn how to better tell stories. I was taken aback by how much depth the book went into the history, psychology, method, and adaptation of our species and its need for story. While this book did not provide me with a blueprint for creating stories, it has provided me with a new appreciation for the human mind, the need for story to teach better, and deep, a deeper understanding of how other people may just be living their best life. Laponia said that she downloaded this book hoping to gain a glimpse into why us humans are programmed to love stories, from passed down oral stories to binge-worthy seasons of true crime shows. While I hoped the book went into more reasons why, or at least explained the listed reasons more deeply, I was pleased that it did convincingly and concisely answer my questions. In the end, Stories may seem to be a luxury of our modern state, but prehistorically, they were vital for basic human survival. And this explains why we love them so much. Carol T. said, We humans crave narratives, from ancient fire circles to books to radio and movies to TV sets, headphones and computers. Story is the glue of human social life. This short listen may not bring to light any real new concepts, but it offers interesting examples of how we use stories for education, entertainment, and reassurance that there is meaning in life. Gottschall also alerts us to reasons why we should be aware that this tendency also opens us up to the possibility of misinterpreting and being manipulated. We long for patterns and reasons, can conspiracy theories be far behind? I especially enjoyed the discussion around ways in which new technologies are changing how we tell and experience stories, from so-called reality shows to interactive and role-playing computer games. The narrator is okay, but I wonder why he felt he had to deliver some quotes in quite bizarre accents. The book starts slowly, but picks up energy and interest as it goes along. I think most people interested in books and psychology will enjoy it. Now, there were Amazon reviewers who did not like the storytelling animal. 
Bad reviews are a good thing for both the authors and the readers because it helps readers understand the book from a different perspective to determine if the book will interest them. For authors, it keeps readers who probably won't like their book from reading it and writing another bad review. So here are some bad reviews I found on The Storytelling Animal, which tells us what these people didn't like about the book and what they had expected to get when they purchased it. Now, bad reviews come from unmet expectations. The clearer an author can be about who the book is for and what it is about, the fewer bad reviews they will have. Now, Becca said this book was awful, dull, poorly referenced, poorly argued, poorly footnoted, and gave huge sweeping statements throughout, such as children adore art by nature, not nurture. This statement and many more had no background information for further explanation. They were just stated as fact. From the review, I imagined I would be reading an interesting and serious book about storytelling a big interest of mine, and graduate subject, which uses referencing argument and evidence to come to conclusions. This book is based on speculation, gossip, and hearsay, a thorough disappointment and a waste of money. Now, obviously Becca was expecting it to be a textbook, and that's not what it is. It's a book for the masses to read, not for a graduate student to utilize for information for their paper, um, which is very important to note. So, because that lets you know who the book is for and who is going to enjoy it and who is going to find it lacking. Now, Martin Reinhardt said, I'm learning to write fiction. He has three books on the science of storytelling. God knows it would be useful to understand what engages the reader, how to make a story compelling. Well, God may know, but the scientists who study these things are a long way from knowing it. It reminds me of when Freud called compulsive behavior anal. He invented in the anal period and went off from there. Pure invention. We all should have be, been skeptical. The science of storytelling is, about, is at that stage. Stay skeptical. These thoughts apply to Crohn's story genius stores, the science of storytelling, and Gottschall's storytelling animal. And because I think everything should be in threes, another uh, bad review from an Amazon customer. Wouldn't even give their name. I'm not sure why this book has such favorable reviews. I honestly found it kind of bland and boring after the first two chapters. There's a lot of meandering and the book could have been summarized in a much shorter fashion. I came across this book on multiple must read if you want to tell better stories lists and I have no clue why. The only takeaway I got is that stories center around some sort of trouble. Well, if you're looking for an antidotal book that cites evolution as the why for everything, then this is your book. But if you're looking for a book that actually analyzes great storytelling techniques and how you can become a better writer, then look elsewhere. Also, I'm not sure if the author was going for some sort of charming, playful tone, but he mainly just came off as snarky and sarcastic, especially when it came to topics he doesn't align with. I could easily sense his bias. 
I mean, I wrote some more here about good reviews and about nice balanced review, and it's the balanced review that's always really kind of nice, but I don't know about you, I'm, but uh, I think we've pretty much got all we need from reviews so far on this book. So my take on Storytelling Animal for one last review. Well, if like me, you enjoy books that tell stories about research studies along with personal stories to reinforce a point, you'll enjoy this book. Okay, side note, I do really enjoy Malcolm Gladwell's books. And I would say that this one is probably along the same type of lines where it's an anecdotal story and they bring in some research from somewhere to make their point and then they go on to the next point. That's the kind of book this is. So he does cover a wide swath of information about storytelling. He goes all the way back to before recorded history to explain how story was used by humanity over time. This is why I enjoyed studying literature so much. It reflects the values of society at the time to give contemporary readers a better understanding of what life was like and what mattered to the people back at that time. I think it's important to judge history through their value system instead of our own. In the future, others will look back on our plethora of content posing as stories and judge us based on their enlightened point of view. No one likes to be judged, especially by an enlightened person who doesn't understand the cultural values of the society the story reflects. Oops, I did it again, another journey down a rabbit hole, but really back to the book, The Storytelling Animal. Now, I didn't hear anything new or groundbreaking. While I listened to the Audible version, I probably missed it when I was doing something else. But I listen to a lot of books about stories and how our brains work. So I have a good understanding of the topic already. And it was still good to listen to. And maybe if I listened to it a few more times, I might catch something new. But for the most part, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It is a top choice for anyone who wants a scientific deep dive into how we re- we react to story without getting bored because it's told through story. Otherwise, yeah, if you're wanting to know how to write a story, this definitely is not the book. But if you are interested in the psychology of story and why we need it in order to understand the world around us, then you're probably going to enjoy the book. If you are looking for other books on storytelling or personal stuff, I do have a few more book reviews on marketappeal.com. One is a review of Six Degrees of Impact. Now, uh, prepare to break some glass with this one. Most will agree that traditional business models have been built on a hierarchy of systems and titles. These vertical structures place responsibility at the top and cast long shadows of confusion on the subjects below. To achieve the speed and competitive edge necessary to respond to change in any business market, we must replace the glass ceilings with glass floors, providing a total perspective on our surroundings. This is how the book Six Degrees of Impact by Anthony Grupo and Monique 
Terhar starts. It is filled with real advice to help leaders see how to lead from a different point of view. Their minimalist style means there is no distracting fluff and almost every sentence is a great quote all on its own. It is designed with short thought-provoking chapters or sections that enable a reader to quickly digest an idea and move on with their day until they have another five to 10 minutes to read the next idea. So you could read a chapter before driving on your daily commute and by the time you got to work, you'd have a whole new idea about how you could lead your team better. And you can discover more about the book Six Degrees of Impact on marketappeal.com or just go check it out at amazon.com. Another book that I have an excerpt of on Market Appeal is called The Digital Nomad Lifestyle Guide. And it's written by a digital nomad. So he said, it starts out with, is the laptop lifestyle for you? Let's dig a bit deeper in to make sure you are on the right path. This probably goes without saying, but people who choose this lifestyle typically enjoy travel. However, this was the case before early 2020. The vast majority of remote workers have recently been forced into this lifestyle and probably were not offered the luxury of picking the destination. When traveling is accessible again, this inherently brings certain pros and cons. It means having a minimalistic mindset and narrowing down what you need for your day-to-day living. You'd be surprised how little you need to be happy. Think back to various vacations you've had throughout your life. Did you pack too much or not enough? During the very rare times I forgot something, it was just easy to pick up and buy the item. Now you can read more of this excerpt on marketappeal.com or you can run over to Amazon and get the book, Digital Nomad Lifestyle. Um, If you are thinking about writing a book and you would love to write a book and you need some help, hey, that's what I'm here for. Let's work together and get that book written. I uh, help with everything from ghostwriting to publishing and everything in between. So whether or not you just want help defining the story and figuring it out and just kind of getting some coaching in order to ensure that you get it done, I can help you. If you want someone to do all the writing for you while you just tell me what you want it to be about, I can do that too, as well as the layout cover and help you to publish it for yourself. Now, if you're looking for a publisher that will get you into a bookstore and be a traditional publisher, I can help you find an agent that can help you do that. So that's what I do. That is part of the market appeal world. And one of the books that I helped was with Anthony Grupo called The Pushers of the Possible. If you want to learn how uh, to push your possible, how to be a leader who is more of a servant and serves those that he leads and not an autocrat, this book is for you. And it comes with a conversation between Anthony and various leaders that he knows, as well as diving deeper into those concepts and how they reflect on Anthony's life, on how he went from being a kid on a con- on a construction site hauling 
lumber to an international CEO and retiring as the CEO of Marsh Commercial UK. Along with that in the book is questions to help you dive deeper into what you want in your life and how you can get there and how you can utilize the lessons that he learned to help him become a servant leader in order for you to become a servant leader. The book, once again, is called Pushers of the Possible, and it is available for purchase on Amazon. Well, I hope you enjoyed this book review of Storytelling Animal by Jonathan Gottschall. And if you decide to buy this book, please let me know. Drop into marketappeal.com and go over to the community under members in the menu bar and let me know your thoughts about this book and recommend a book for me because I'm always looking for books to um, utilize audible credits on. I think I have over 25 at the moment. So that's a lot of books that I could be buying and listening to. So please, if you have a book that I should read or listen to, let me know why. Until next time, peel out.